Welcome to the Living Clean Podcast. I'm your co-host Mason S. With me as always is Travis K. This podcast is not meant to replace meeting, sponsorship, step work, or service. This is meant to be just another tool in your recovery toolbox. Our guests are here to share their experience, strength, and hope with recovery through Narcotics Anonymous. Thank you for joining us. All right, welcome back to the Living Clean Podcast. I'm here with my co-host, OTK. Yeah, yeah. I'm Mason S. I'm an <laughs> addict. Back for another edition, talking about Tradition 6 tonight. We got our man, Chase P., dun, with dun, us. Dun. What's going on, guys? What's up, buddy? Welcome Not, back, bud. Welcome back. Hey, I'm glad to be back. <clears throat> yeah, a, so the different side of it again. So the different side, yeah. Yeah. So go ahead and tell us your clean date in your home group. <laughs> hey, I'm Chase I'm an addict. Uh my clean date is February tenth of twenty twenty. And my home group is newcomers group Narcotics Anonymous in Homewall, Tennessee. Oh yeah. Well, we've already heard your story and if you haven't heard chase go back to episode one chase was our very first guest and you can get a rundown of his story but tonight i thought since this weekend i actually joined the club that you guys are a part of yeah 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 i got hit. come on with i got hitched i am a married man i am taken the old married man sorry ladies it's over. <laughs> <laughs> it's over. You had your chance thirty-one episodes ago, but this it's over now. Uh I hope she ain't listening. Thirty one episodes. She probably don't listen. <laughs> I don't know. She hadn't listened since I known her. I don't know why she'd start now. Um but yeah, that, I kinda wanna go in that direction and for selfish reasons, obviously I'd like to hear your take on you know, being not only being married and trying to manage that in your recovery, but one thing we all got in common too, like I said, is we're all married to addicts who are also involved in the fellowship. And boy, this could get slippery. This could get slippery, but hey, that's what that's what we're here to do. Sounds like a setup. Yeah, it is, it is a little bit. <laughs> I'm telling you. Well, we'll just tell. We'll just tell them that we talked about guitars and and playing golf the whole time, and and they'll never listen anyway. Oh my wife, she listens to every episode of it. Oh. Well, it'll work for me and you, Mason. It'll work. Yeah, we'll go two for three. And yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, anyway, she'll pass the word on. You know what they said on there. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so let's uh, we'll start with you, Chase, man. Like, so what's been your experience? Um you know, some of the ups and downs and ins and outs of being married and trying to manage that. And also, you know, being married to an addict that's involved in the fellowship too. Well, let's see, man. I'm chasing an addict. So, um, so I'll just preface by saying I had experience being married before this marriage. And I always joke around and I told you today your wedding, the second one's always easier, you know, and that's um that's just been my experience, but also um well thank you. The first that. one was 
first one was difficult for you know self-imposed reasons obviously i used um with my first wife and so um so my experience so marriage is just i hate to say it's just another relationship but if we look at it just as that as a relationship obviously there's more ins and outs to it than that there's you know there's relationships and intimacy go in many different directions there's not one solid meaning for that um but like about everything i've figured out in my life um since i got clean it's kind of narcotics anonymous gave me the roadmap to having a successful marriage you know because what do we you know one of the first things we learn is honesty and communication between us and our sponsor right you know the first relationship we start building and so basically that's the groundwork for any healthy relationship in my opinion and so i learned you know early on through working the steps and building a relationship with somebody who i wasn't also physically attracted to you know what i mean that how, how to communicate honestly and talk about the way i'm feeling you know and um i wouldn't suggest anybody hopefully well there's probably going to be somebody that will listen to this and hear about being married and they got like 26 days clean and they're about to do it um, but that's probably a little a little bit different. But my experience was I had enough time to start working on myself and working steps and finding out who I truly was and who I was at the core and how to be an asset to other people around me. You know, that that was the road work, the groundwork that I was doing before I got into the relationship that I'm in now that I eventually got married and and we're working on that. And so I think it's I have to bring that up. Because if I didn't have those tools and the ability to do that, then I wouldn't have been able to ever have any success in the relationship that I'm in. And so it's a big part. You know, we're going to talk about a tradition tonight. and You've been doing a run of traditions. Um, well, learning how to be an asset in a group of people sets me up to learning how to be an asset in my home life. Right. I take those traditions with me and the principles behind them and I apply it to my my life at home. And it all starts with honesty and communication, you know, and um that's been the biggest thing for me. And also this is really where, you know, I've never had children. Um, but when I got in this relationship, there's a child involved too, you know, he just turned nine. And so I'm responsible for, you know, helping my wife, you know, be a good example for her son. You know what I mean? And, and so that's another thing. It's, it's truly embodying what it means to be selfless because when it comes to a marriage and especially with the kid involved, like selflessness is key. And, I think the hardest part about being in a, you know, being married in recovery and I got married pretty early on in recovery. You know, I had, I don't know, maybe a year and a half, almost two years clean when I got married. And, um, at that point I had a ton of commitments to the fellowship and learning how to find that balance between home and the fellowship. And my experience with that is I'm always going to have to miss something. I can't be at every NA event. You know what I mean? There has to be a give and take, but I have to stay involved. But my life looks a little bit different today and my involvement in the fellowship looks a little bit different. I still make meetings regularly. I still involved with sponsorship, both my sponsor and sponsees. I took on one service commitment this year, but I had to find a way to do all that. You know what I mean? And I think that's the blessing that we have being married to somebody who's involved in the fellowship is they understand the importance of that. And, um, I was already doing all those things when we met, you know what I mean? So it's not like we had been together and then I magically had this other side of my life pop up. And so she was used to me being involved in everything. 
And um, as far as being married to an addict who is involved in the fellowship, one very firm line, one, one skill that I seriously had to develop, and y'all know me, I love to talk, you know, and I love to give my opinion on something or, you know, um, I've become a very good active listener because if she's got something going on that she's wanting to talk about or, you know, it could be at work or anything in real life and she's talking to me about that, I don't treat her like a sponsee or like I'm going to treat y'all and I'll say, well, that's a six-step problem. You should write an inventory. You write a pros and cons list. Like, I just learned <laughs> to listen. I do not try to sponsor my wife and I do not talk recovery to my wife. That's just not. And every now and again, she she asks for feedback or my opinion on something. And unfortunately, everything I have to give her comes out of working the steps and the fellowship. That's just all I know positive in my life. But I don't tell her to call her sponsor. I don't tell her to work a step. I don't tell her to go to a meeting or anything like that. I just I've learned to listen and and be present in the moment. And sometimes that's the best thing. That That's the tricky thing when you're married to somebody involved in the fellowship. I can't treat her. I have to be able to separate the fact that she's my wife and not just another addict that I would talk to, like just another addict, if that makes sense. And so I'm very big on that. I'm not, I don't talk recovery to my wife. I talk about my own recovery, but I, I, I leave that stuff at the door. We, that's not how I communicate in my marriage. Um, like I said, everything I needed, I learned and I'm still learning. It's not like I got it all figured out. You know what I mean? But all the keys that I've needed so far to a successful relationship, I got through working the steps and working the traditions. And I bring that stuff with me and apply it to the relationship. I hope that uh, answered your question a little bit. Oh, yeah. Well, let's bring old uh, TK in here. I plead the fifth. Oh, mm-hmm. I don't... <laughs> Communication is is vital to any relationship, you know, you got to tell each other how you feel. And, um, if you don't, all that stuff is going to spew out at one point or another, you're going to go off and it's probably, well, like me, usually it wouldn't be pretty if I just let it set in there and fester. And I don't really tell her how I feel. And there's been a few times that, uh, it has spewed out. Um, you know, and it wasn't, it wasn't that nasty, but she might beg to differ. I don't, I'm not sure, but, um, that's one of the, the key things that I think that, you know, is, um, is communication that is, uh, vital. Even if, even if the subject is hard, hard to talk about, you still got to bring it up. Um, you know, my wife wants to go to Switzerland. That's that's her big dream, you know. My dream has nothing to do with Switzerland at all. You know, would I like to go? Yeah, it would be it would be pretty cool. But I mean, she would be running a hundred miles an hour in her head, trying to see everything that she could possibly see while she was over. If I seen one mountain, I'd probably be just tickled to death with that one and I could sit in the room and enjoy the rest of the time that I was there. Um it's uh trying to think of like how I'm, I want to put this, you know, like um, like compromise is important. I don't. 
I don't want to say compromise. That's not that's not the right word. <laughs> give and take. Let's put it that way. If right. you give and take a little bit, you know what I mean? But you know, you can't you can't give more than you take, or you can't take more than you give. Yeah. You know, you've got to and I know it it takes a hundred percent is what they say, but it's a fifty fifty, you know, split. Yeah. You know, it's like uh it's just a. um it's a thing that you have to learn to live with each other. And, you know, like knowing the person that you're with, you know, like, um, and you can pretty much know, like, I'm not want to say that you're a mind reader, but the more that you're with somebody, you start to learn their, their traits and stuff. And, you know, it's like, Hey, the kitchen's dirty. And this just happened a minute ago. That's the reason why I'm bringing this up. Um, the kitchen was dirty and we just come back from, uh, a little NA function. And, uh, and I was thinking, I was like, golly, I just don't want to do those dishes right now. I got to do this podcast in a minute. And she was up and on it. And I was grateful that she was, I'm sure that she didn't want to do it no more than I did. But, um, it's just, um, it's a one day at a time. That's (laughs) basically it. You know, it's, um, Getting to know know your partner is is really cool too. So you know? I want to I want to ask you about something that you brought up. You talked about the feelings, right? You got to be able to share how you feel. Is there a line though that you are or a timing thing where you don't want to cross a certain line at a certain time, or share completely exactly how you feel when you know that it's going to cause an issue at the you know. Maybe it's better to sleep on it. Okay. So there's a lot of men in this program. It's been married a long time. There is somebody out there and, you know, not necessarily your sponsor is, but you got a sponsorship family and you know, guys, it's been married to the same woman for quite a few years. Yeah. I would actually seek out one of their advices. Um, oh, I'm, talking, I'm talking about you personally. What, like, I'm asking you the question. I, I, well, I'm telling the listeners yeah. what what you need to do, you know, and that's that's some of the things that I do. I actually, you know, I'll call somebody and be like, "Hey, this is what I want," and they's like, "Travis, don't say it that way." Yeah. Oh, okay. I get. You know what I'm going. saying? Like, because I'll give you a, a, an example. Like, I love examples. Okay. Well. <laughs> We had been married just a just a little while, and we got the big idea that we was going to uh, give the house a makeover. And she's like, "Well, what color do you want the walls?" And look, you know, and I could give two shits what color they was, you know. And that's basically every single one of us that's sitting here. Probably, we didn't really care what color the walls was, but my reaction to I'm standing in Lowe's at the time. And she's like, what do you think about this color? And I was like, I don't give a fuck. Just get a color. Let me get it on the wall. You know, that's probably not the right response (laughs) to have, you know, but we was learning each other at that time, you know, and it's, uh, like I said, just, uh, if you love the person you're with, you're going to learn to, um, be patient and kind. And I think there's another book that actually describes love as that. Yeah. But I'm not bringing that up. Um, well, let's go back over to Chase. I'm going to ask you something very similar. You know, what 
what, what's your thoughts on, you know, is there a point where, you know, when you're feeling a certain type of way, is the heat of the moment the time to really share that or should you sleep on it? You know, what's been your experience with, with those type of things? Oh, I, I try to make no decisions <laughs> or actions heat of the moment. You know what I mean? Um, I would actually probably take longer than needed to speak about something. Um, and same thing, Travis, I wonder where I learned it from, but you know, I, um, uh, I would always talk to somebody before I have a difficult conversation. You know what I mean? Um, but that's with anything, like I said, this is the shit I learned early on that I did with, in my mind, not as important things that carried over when I, you know what I mean? In, in other areas of my life that I'm able to practice. Um, I'll tell you, man, like, so gut level on is something that I probably like haven't said in front of a lot of people. If there's any area of my life, um, like since I've been clean that can bring up like the feelings of inadequacy and not good enough and stuff like that, it is in a marriage for me. You know what I mean? And that stuff I probably, cause I feel, you know, you get to the point where you feel like, Hey, I know better. I've got the tools and it's something I try to tackle on my own for a little bit. And then I end up having to talk to somebody and, and the feelings go away, but I'm, I don't necessarily, because I'm feeling, you know, it's that old saying the feelings are not facts just because I'm feeling something does not mean I have to share it in that moment. Cause my fucking perception is so skewed. You know what I mean? And that could just open up a world of problems. So I think it's very important to not say anything and, you know, impulsively in the heat of the moment, I'll let somebody else, discern for me maybe what i'm thinking or tell me my thinking's fucking insane you know where that maybe it's a valid thing and then i find a way to share it in the correct way if that makes sense you know what i mean sometimes you're not going to be able to stop it it's just going to come out you know what i mean <laughs> it doesn't matter if you've stuffed it down in there or not it's going to be something that uh really chaps your ass and you're gonna and you've got to learn to well i know i've heard this personally a lot you know, you were probably right about that, but you ain't got to be such a fucking asshole. You know, like I've, I've experienced that a couple of times and, uh, you know, it's just like you guys said is cause you know, me, uh, me and my lady have been together for, you know, almost three years. We just now got married, but we've been living to, together almost a year and, um, it is a process, but it's something that's pretty cool though. Um, for me right now, I, I still really enjoy it and, uh, probably leads to my next question. Plus I'll toss you guys up a softball to get some brownie points, but what's your favorite part about being married? Go ahead, Trev. Okay. My favorite part about being, a, being in a, a relationship, a loving, caring relationship is um, the fact that I can't wait to see her when she comes home, even though that um, sometimes I'm like, oh, I better have these dishes done or, you know, maybe these floors swept, you know, if I'm, you know, at home. And normally I wouldn't be home. I wouldn't be the, but since the the little, whatever you want to call it, um, I've, I've had a chance to be home a lot and I, there's a lot of things that 
that I could do better than what I do. And, uh, she still accepts me for who I am and I accept her for who she is. Does that answer your question? Thank you, Trav. What about you, Chase? Oh man, I would just have to say the, uh, the consistency, um, and I've got like this never ending motivation for trying to be better. You know what I mean? For trying to be a better version of myself. And that's um, probably the most driving force in my life for that, you know, is trying to be a better, you know, husband and um, trying to be better for her and cash, you know what I mean? And do that all the, you know, and um, the unconditional side of it, like you said, my favorite part about marriage, but my favorite part about this marriage, like I said, is knowing that it's unconditional. And y'all know as well as I do. I mean, y'all know my wife. Like, she'd go to jail for me tomorrow if she had to. You know what I mean? And I don't doubt that for a minute. Like, no matter what. Like, no matter what it is, right or wrong. Like, um, you know, so that's that's a nice place to be because it's something, you know, when we're living the lifestyle we've formerly lived, like, you don't really get that. You know what I mean? Travis brought up a good point. Oh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> he said... He said the reason why she would go to jail for you is because she's done more time than all of us combined. Yeah, absolutely. I, that's not that's not at all what I said. But we'll we'll go with it, Mason, because you made that bullshit up. Well, well, Trav just made the hit list. Yeah, hey, he I did. will say this little little funny uh, tidbit on this whole topic. So I've been very good about following my sponsor's suggestions since I got clean, you know, <laughs> and and there's only been. There's only been probably two things he's ever told me to do that I hadn't done. And the first one was he told me to, when my wife got back in town, he said, stay away from that girl. Don't fucking do it. And I had to call him about a week later and said, well, buddy, I did it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, There was no turning back. So. And he told me not to get over involved in service, and I did that too. But that's a little minor one. But he he explicitly told me to leave her alone, and you know I didn't. And I love to bring it up because I get to hear him say he was wrong, which doesn't happen very often. So, God, I'm not that prideful. I'm really not. <laughs> it's oh. not that big a deal to say. You know what? I'm wrong. Yeah, you know, well, say it you so know, we can something. all hear. It. I just said it. Okay. But, you know, I like something my sponsor gave me one, one time. And it's like, you don't necessarily have to say you're wrong. You can actually just say, you know what? Maybe you're right and leave it. How do you like me now? How do you like me now? Hey, I'll take you saying I'm right too, Travis. We can, yeah, there's a compromise <laughs> right there, buddy. <laughs> that yeah, that's just as good in my book. I'll take it. Yeah, no, Mason, I have a feeling you, uh, I mean, me and you share one very strong thing in common, and it's that we can um, come off with some things out of our mouth very quickly. And so <laughs> I have a feeling you'll get some firsthand experience on what what that can do for you. But, hey, it gets better, buddy. Keep coming back. Hey, yeah, just, just don't give up. I, I'm If I could learn to control my mouth like I do <laughs> – in my relationship with her, like with everybody else. Yeah. I'd be a lot more likable person, I believe. Um, she'd probably say that 
she'd probably take out a whole different direction talking about controlling my mouth in our relationship. It's probably one of her favorite things. <laughs> well, you know, what's crazy is, is, you know, like, I mean, the whole world knows that I'm married to your sister. So yeah. What's crazy about it. I can slay some slick stuff out the mouth and just think it's the funniest thing in the world. And she'll just look at me like I'm an idiot. And if you said the same thing, she'd laugh her ass off. Well, everybody knows about comedy. It's all about delivery. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm a little rough around the edges. Well, you know, well, I don't know. It, I'll give you this. Like if we were to bring up a, a list of song lyrics and I was to start singing them and you were to start singing them, I'm, I guarantee you she would like your version way better than mine. I don't know. Neither one of us can really sing. Well, you proved that at the fundraiser. There's can't really sing and then there's really like don't ever try that shit again yeah Stop i got singing. you yeah no but one more thing i want to touch on too is like because like we were talking about all of our spouses are in recovery and chase kind of touched on a little bit but like for the people listening like how important is it and this kid this you don't have to be married like you know any type of relationship how important is it to keep the recovery, each other's recovery separate. Vital. 100%. Yeah. Uh, don't ever tell your your wife, significant other, to call her sponsor. That is a no-no. Um, I don't think I've ever told her that. Yeah. I've, I've never, you know, like, uh, you know, because she can say some things and, and be like, um, and I don't necessarily agree with her. I'm trying to put this the best way that I can, you know, and it's, it's like, uh, it's, it's like I said before, it's a two way street. So you have to, you know, pick and choose your battles, you know, because your sister's a very strong willed minded woman, you know that. Yeah. And, uh, Sometimes I just, you know, pretty much let it go because I know it's like, yeah, I'm not going to win this if I even bring this up. It and a lot of no times, good. yeah, yeah. So anyway, there's that. I hope she really don't listen to this one. I really <laughs> hope we, we need to like. We'll do what we can. We block her on this. Yeah, we'll make sure she's blocked. <laughs> we'll kick her out. Um, no, I, I, I think for me, you know, I. I and I'll get myself in trouble just like you have. Um, you know, when my relationship, she worries a lot more than I do about things. She maybe worries to a fault to where I don't worry to a point of where it's a fault. Like, you know, every, I'm always like, well, it's all going to be all right. Trust the process. Even now that our six year old's favorite line is trust the process, mommy. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it's just a lot of things that, well, I mean, our relationship was, was tough for a while cause we were battling getting custody. And I know Chase has kind of been through this too, but battling getting custody in a different state. Um, then we had to figure out how we were going to get to a different state to live, get us all under one roof, you know, and there was a lot of things that were up in air. So. I always had this deep feeling like it's going to work out if we keep doing what we want to do. And 
I believe deep down she did too, but she wears her emotions and her feelings on her sleeve. And like so many times throughout her life, things have not went in her favor. And, uh, you know, so me, I just coming out and blurting, well, we got to have faith was not the right thing to say in that point. But what I'm getting at is like in the future, what, what can we do when you know something is going to work out and your spouse is concerned or worried that it's not like not interject, obviously interjecting and saying we need to have faith. It's going to work out was not the right thing to do. Yeah. So should you just not say anything? Well, I'll let chase chase go for it. If you, I mean, if you want me to answer it, I will, whatever. Oh man. So this kind of goes back to, uh, and man, I'm telling you what I do, not what's necessarily right, but active listening. You know, sometimes I, uh, it's one of those things I don't necessarily have to talk about it. I just try to make my actions align with what I believe, you know, and I try to not get high strung about it. And I try to not speak negative over situations. Um, and I have to think, what if I, what, what you know, I've got my shit that I, uh, can stress out about, you know, and, and get like, Oh my God, what's going to happen with this? What do I want to get back out of that situation? Do I want to be, um, get beat over the head with the little slogans and cliches out of the program? Or just sometimes I just want to vent and get it off my chest. And you know what I mean? So put myself in, in, in the other shoes, you know, maybe I just want to see something calming or have somebody that I can unload that to and, uh, not get a recovery phrase thrown in my face. You know what I mean? Um, but also sometimes I probably should say something when I don't. So I don't think there is any, uh, I try to be consistent, really consistency for me is the key. I try to be the same version through whatever scenario we may be going through, you know? All right. So this is, uh, something that I encourage my wife to do is, you know, like, uh, we discuss like financial stuff. Let's, yeah. let's go there. Let's, let's look at the record. Why are we stressing out about this? Or, you know, like uh, Stacy bought a new car last year, right? And I was yeah. like, well, let's look at our finances. Is this possible for us to do? Or let me back up and say, is this possible for you to do? Can you make these payments? Is this going to take anything away from you that you can't do? And, the, and it's and it's all, it goes right back to that first thing I said, it's communication. And let's look at the record. What what is in the past has shown us that this works and have faith that it will happen. You know, um, it's just it's about communication and and looking at, of course, if you're just getting in a relationship and money is basically pretty much the straw that breaks the camel's back. I know that's a lot of relationship. The reason why they bust up is because or it's either that or cheating. Yeah, one of the two. Uh, and I have no desire to do that. Never have. Um, but one of the, the big things, you know, is, is like, let's look at the, the record. What's it going to show us? You know, plus if you're new in it, you don't have any record to look back on. So that's where Mason's little idea. Let's trust the process. That's, that's pretty good, bud. I mean, really, you know, it's like, uh, and I know that some of the things that, that it's like, I've heard you say, I'm like, man, this guy's nuts. Why is he saying, 
you know what I'm saying? But it worked out. It really did. You know, I was like, is there anything else that we could do? You know, that, and, but it's worked out for you. So just keep doing what you're doing because it's working, man. Yeah. Well, Does that make any sense what I just said? It does, but okay. it makes a lot of sense. And I thank both of you for sharing, sharing some of your experience on that. And, um, you I'm could thinking. always just say, hey, fuck it, I'm going golfing and see how that works out. So, <laughs> yeah, no doubt. I don't golf. Well, we all got our own hobbies, though, that we do, and I think yeah. that's important, too. Um, yeah, look around the room. Yeah, as we look at $48,000 worth of guitars just in the screen. That's, that is such bullshit. <laughs> it ain't a bit over thirty nine five. I know. I was, I was exactly <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Oh, but anyways, um, so to Travis's point, and this will kind of lead us into this tradition too, you know, one of, you know, two of the biggest things that two of the biggest reasons why relationships fail, or I guess three of them would be lack of communication, finances, and being unfaithful. And I may have it completely wrong, but I feel pretty good about all three of our chances of not becoming unfaithful. I, I I like our chances on that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, even to the finances, right? Like we, I, th- I think all three of us probably spend more than we should, but we're not, we're not worried about the water bill this month, so to speak. It's already paid, buddy. It's already paid. You know? Checks in the mail. Um, But yeah. But anyways, I don't even pay the water bill. Why don't, why don't you, uh, do your part here and we'll transition over because i think this tradition has a lot to do with a lot of that we just talked about um you can implement it very much yeah. in a relationship for yeah sure. no doubt all right tradition six an NA group ought never endorse finance or lend the na name to any related facility or outside enterprise less problems of money property or prestige divert us from our primary purpose all right, Chase, what do you got for us on that? Man, so there's a whole lot in this tradition, really. Um, you know, it seems pretty cut and dry, and it's one that probably um, early on that I just kind of took it for what it is, you know what I mean, and uh, didn't really dive deep into it. But there's there's a whole lot wrapped up in this tradition, and the thing is, is it is so closely tied to the fifth tradition, right? Um, because it kind of wouldn't make sense um, without it, in in my opinion. Because if we, because um, you know, it's talking about being diverted from the primary purpose, and so if we don't have a clear idea of what the primary purpose is, and we don't know what to not be diverted from, you know what I mean. And uh, we've had a lot of experiences with this, you know, in our home group, you know, and the uh, money, property, and prestige, and. For me, it's guarding ourselves from being diverted from that primary purpose, but that's not just like any tradition on the group level. You know, it all starts on the individual level. And and what are my desires and and my wants? And, um, you know, really, you know, the traditions can tie in with steps really well. And I think that this tradition ties in. And I think it talks about in the guiding principles about how it ties in with the 10th step, right? You know, and I really have to be consciously inventorying my wants, my desires, um, you know, my motives behind what decisions I'm trying to make or um, and that that's on an individual level and then translates into what I bring into the group. 
And I, I think it's really important to, to really, really look at why. And, you know, the affiliation that it talks about, and, you know, it talks about in the basic text, it talks about um, direct and implied endorsements. And I think the most, the one that I see the most, and it's probably, and, and this is just with, our home group and it's probably kind of fellowship wide is um, being careful not to be affiliated with treatment centers or lending our name or like a true affiliation with the treatment center or even the places that we rent to meet. Like I know a lot of meetings are held in churches and trying really closely not to have the affiliation with that church and making very, you know, that very distinct line that we're not, affiliated with these people or when we take H and I and somewhere, it's very important to say, Hey, we're not affiliated at all with this facility, but we're glad that they let us come in here. And like I said, that the most common that I've seen um, where that line gets blurred is we do have a treatment center where clients get to come up to, to our meetings. And there's been a lot of people over the years who are employed by that treatment center who also attend meetings at our home group. And I think that that line, you know, and early on, I didn't know the, I didn't know there was a difference. You know what I mean? After coming around for a while, I, I understand. And um, it's something that I think can kind of cause a huge, huge issue and it's something we have to be careful about because it doesn't necessarily mean that we are affiliating ourselves. But what does it come? What's the perception of what we're talking about in that meeting? Are we talking about being employed there? Are we talking about being a client there? You know what I mean? Are we actually talking about that? And is it that kind of loosely affiliating ourselves or tying ourselves with that? That's where I think it gets tricky. Like, I don't give a fuck where you work. I don't need to know you work at the treatment center right up the road. I don't need to know that you went through the treatment center right up the road. You know what I mean? And I think when, when that stuff gets talked about, um, it kind of blurs that line. And, you know, I, I got into the guiding principles um, on this tradition a little bit and it, it talks about that um, and I'm very big on it's your story you can share your experience and early on if somebody would have came in and talked about whatever god they would have believed in I'd have fucking thrown up the red flags and I'd have been madder in hell but you know the more time I uh, you know I, I kind of applaud that you know it, it's your story as long as you're not saying hey this is the only way but I'm very conscious about what detail I go in on what I share in to groups because I don't want to make, because somebody coming in for the first time and I'm identifying as a member of Narcotics Anonymous and I'm talking about some other sect or whatever it may be. I don't want, maybe I'm not directly implying that they're affiliated, but how's that going to be received by somebody else? You know what I mean? And I think really this, this sounds like a very much a, a group tradition, but for me, it's very much on the personal level. Like, it's how I carry myself, what I talk about, what I make it look like I'm affiliated with in the room, because it's not necessarily what I'm doing. It's what I appear to be doing, if that makes sense. Yeah, it to does. you at all. <clears throat> you know, one thing that I think the basic text men mentions, and it, it's a good example, is it talks about like the idea of a clubhouse, right? Yes. It, it talks about <clears throat> how it's important to not let you know, or for us not to develop a clubhouse and then allow it to be the NA clubhouse so that people think that what goes on there socially is what happens in Narcotics Anonymous or what it stands for. So, you know, it, it gives us strict instructions about avoiding putting our name on 
like a clubhouse or what I think it also, my interpretation is being involved in a clubhouse that has multiple meetings there, you know, um, calling it the recovery clubhouse where they have, you know, the NA meetings, uh, that that's something else that even though it's a cool concept, it's something that, um, it's really easy to get our message and diverted when there's seven different fellowships that meet under one roof at the same time, or, you know, they just, one, another thing that I think about too, is like, imagine, cause you, both of you guys know what it's like to be in treatment and usually around seven o'clock at night, they'll have a meeting and they call it an NA meeting. But imagine if the only take that you ever had of what an NA meeting was, was the seven o'clock meeting at a treatment center. Uh, mm. You know, how, how very different is a regular outside meeting compared to that treatment center meeting? Well, it depends on where you go. Yeah. Just saying, you know, like, cause man, I know that when you get multiple groups meeting under one roof, I know that the, the message can be blurred. Let's just, you know, I mean, because um, I've heard of somebody that was that's uh, that moved away from here that went to a meeting and they had AA one night and they had NA and I'm not separating the two out or anything, but that's the only way I can put it. Um, and they would drive over there on a Tuesday night. It might be NA or it might be AA and then Wednesday it'd be vice versa. You know, and the message is so, like, you know, one night you read the promises, you know, and saying the Lord's Prayer out, and the next night, you know, you're saying the third step quote. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, it, it's it's like, well, well, we'll just do the Lord's Prayer tonight, you know, or, you know what I'm saying? And I'm not taking anything away from any any other group. I'm just saying, like, it can get so messed up. And it can confuse people. It really can. It's kind of like what happens at a treatment center, though. You know, you're going to have an NA meeting, and then we'll take it out with the Lord's Prayer. Yeah. Um, and, of course, I know there's some people out there that's going to say, well, and well, Jimmy K back in the day took the World Convention out on the Lord. Okay. Yeah, I heard it. Yeah. <laughs> well, <clears throat> I understand that. But it, there have been significant changes and kind of things that we've, worked hard as a fellowship over the past 20 or 30 years to kind of separate ourselves from all those other entities, you know, and I'd be willing to say that since then, nobody else has taken out a world convention with the Lord's prayer. Just saying. I'm playing the fifth again. I'm getting out of this because <laughs> I know. What... <laughs> but I think another thing that we can think about here, Chase is like, um, Let's take an individual, right? Let's just say hypothetically. It's not something we really have to worry about in our home group, but say Travis one day started going viral on Facebook for some of his music videos that he puts out. Uh, oh, you give me a shout-out on Yeah, there. give me a, a shout-out. <laughs> but, like, if he goes viral and he starts – you know, some of his lyrics are very different than what we believe in in NA or what we talk about or the principles, but 
He's decked out in his N.A. gear, got his N.A. necklace and his N.A. sweatshirt with his N.A. books in the back. Is that something you think kind of crosses the line on this tradition? Hey, man, I, I can't say I, – I can't say what I think is right or wrong for everybody, but I will say that I have tried to be more conscious of that over the last couple years um, because I, I'm not shy about – my recovery you know and i'm i'm proud to be in recovery and i i want that to be seen and i do post pictures you know i wear na t-shirts i you know have stuff pictures from na events and stuff but i have also been very conscious about not i don't post where i work on facebook you know what i mean or social media um i try and i you know i can be very opinionated and some of it just out of like pure humor like being opinionated but i also know that if i'm going to be willing to post things um showing that i am in recovery that the rest of what i do should back that up as well you know what i mean and what i do publicly on the forum i i'm conscious of that and also i try not to you know if i'm going to post about recovery stuff i don't necessarily need to blast stuff from my employer all over the same thing you know like but that's on that's my personal level and it does it talks about that in the guiding principles as well yeah, yeah, I think, you know, I think that's something that well, we ought to be conscious of. Like, if I'm going to have on my profile a member of the No Matter What Club with the big N.A. symbol on it, and then I'm posting all these breastfeeding pictures everywhere, all over Facebook, that's something I need to think about because usually people want to know who in the hell is posting shit like this, and I go to it, and, oh, he's one of them damn drug addicts down there at them drug classes. <laughs> <laughs> well and, and here's what perception. I here, okay go ahead Jackson. here's what i have to ask myself is what's most important to me you know what i mean like we applaud being individuals and it's our you know individuals as individuals we are stronger because we all bring a little bit of ourselves in there and we get um encouraged to be our true selves in narcotics anonymous um but what's more important for me to have to blast a political view and get out my you know the primary purpose we have in the fellowship that carries into my life as well right and i want to carry a, a clear message of recovery and to me that outweighs needing my political beliefs to be spoken but that that's me like i said that's just me or whatever it may be that that could raise eyebrows and man you can always fire i can always fire up a burner account if i want to you know what i mean I talk shit on another forum but i i don't i don't try you i, I try to be very burner account to get somebody yeah. riled up he's been in facebook jail more than anybody yeah. i know <laughs> hey man i haven't been in a while like i said progress like it's man. Yeah. well i know from my perspective is um early on i mean i would use quotes out of the basic text and before i even knew what a tradition was or or anything else, but, uh, I post nothing. I don't post anything about recovery because this is, and this is my reasoning for it is because of, um, if I post anything of NA and I go out here and get tore up and stay out there for some time, I don't want them to ever think that, Hey, NA don't work. Cause look at Travis. You know what I'm saying? That was one of the oh, biggest Trav things. Just got a simple possession charge. Yeah, he's that. down there in jail. He, I wonder, he no, must he's... not have read that just for today you posted yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that's <laughs> one of the biggest things that I that I don't want because I don't want people to think that NA doesn't work because it does. 
Yeah, and I think we're all in agreement to this. Y'all tell me if, if we're not, but we're not sitting here telling people that you shouldn't post about NA. We're just – Yeah, absolutely people, not. I think they're just sharing why they don't do it. And where I'm – the like I use – social media is a PR platform completely. I'm posting events. I'm posting stuff about this podcast. You know, I'm, I'm always, I'm celebrating somebody that's picking up clean time. You know, those, I, I use that Avenue and whether it's right, wrong or indifferent, just my interpretation, I don't feel like it's wrong. And, you know, we're, I, I don't think none of us are telling you that you shouldn't be po- using social media. I think, um na's will be left in the dark if we don't find a way a responsible way to use social media um to get our message out there in some form or fashion but you know if somebody celebrates a birthday or something you know i'm gonna get them a shout out and say hey congratulations you know yeah or something and then they're on the main platform you know but most of the time we're in little groups off and when we actually even do that you Mm -hmm. know and and i just uh you know, if it's family stuff, I mean, I'll, I'll definitely put a comment or post stuff about families and birthdays, you know, belly buttons, Yeah. you know, but, um, anniversaries, any of that stuff, uh, I will do that. But otherwise, for the most part, it's been a while since I posted anything about NA. Yeah. Let's shift gear. Let's shift gears here for a second, fellas, uh, before we run out of time, because I want to talk about the money property prestige within the home group and um more money more problems yeah like to me to me this is kind of talking about like we've all talked about like maybe we should take some of our money and build us a place to where we can have meetings or maybe we should get couches instead of chairs and nice things maybe we should get 500 hundred dollar coffee pots uh, oh so you're gonna take a shot <laughs> <laughs> there you go. No, but so, uh, go ahead, Chase. Yeah, let me let me read a couple passages out of uh the guiding principles in tradition six. And it uh you know, basically th- this tradition is talking about being diverted from the primary purpose, you know what I mean? Money, pros- property, and prestige. And it says tradition six forms of diversions created by greed and pride, but the shadow side of those are fear and shame. Um it also points to an application of the 11th step. It's by paying attention to what matters to us that we find a sense of purpose, direction, and meaning. When we live with integrity and purpose, our ability to recognize joy and fulfillment in our lives improves remarkably. And the 11th step doesn't talk about us going and getting the nice things. You know what I mean? And if we're internalizing that on the personal level and carrying it into the group, you know, what? what's our need for all those nice things? What's the need for our own building when we're able to rent a space that's working adequately? What... What's the need for, for couches, you know? And it goes on a few pages later and says the group may start referring to itself as the best or begin competing with other groups for status or members. It can oh. start small. Groups competing over the quality of their refreshments or throwing progressively bigger parties and it soon gets out of hand. A group with an ego investment in its events may stumble into a host of problems. Events get expensive. Hoarding money begins to seem more important than participating in the fun flow to carry the message. Owning more supplies requires greater expense and effort to store and manage. When the group has been diverted from our primary purpose, we serve the things that once served us. What page is that? Mason's <laughs> wanting to know. No, I'm thinking about where else am I going to be able to attend meetings after all the our home group members hear this? They're going <laughs> to run us the fuck. 
Oh, he's got oh. all kinds of ammunition. I'm gonna now. say, hey, go back to tradition three, the only requirement. Hey, here's something that I, I was really thinking about, like our experience. And, you know, you guys were around a little bit before me, but I, I talked to Travis the other day about how lucky I was to come in when I did because it was like right on the cusp of where we went through some massive growing pains, right? And, you know, the guiding principles, it, it talks about that if, and, and this goes back to how we can use that 10 step related to the sixth tradition, right? If we're, if we're man, like if we're constantly inventorying ourselves and our groups, motives, intentions, actions, votes, whatever it is, then when we start to see those traditions being broken or slip, then we get to correct them. You know what I mean? We get to use those traditions and the principles behind it to get back on course. And it talks about when we don't do that and we wait till the shit hits the fan, we're using the traditions as a safety net. Right. And yeah. we kind of, I got to kind of experience using it as that safety net. And then, also, you know, we slip and we make mistakes. I had a, a guy with 30 something years. He said, what's the what's helped y'all grow as a group? And I said, breaking all the fucking traditions <laughs> and then learning from it and learning how not to break them is bad, you know, because that was that's what I got to see when I first came in. And I, I do say, are we perfect? No, but I do think we use them to find to veer back on path when we get off instead of having to use them as a safety net now. And you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, when you were reading that, what come to mind is, um, cause it's no secret. We do have extravagant events from time to time. Um, but one would argue that we bring in a lot of people to hear the message. But one thing that I think when, that I want to think about going in, in the future is, you know, in our area, we're by far, well, us in another group, are by far um, stronger than the other groups that are there. Um, our events compared to the <clears throat> other events that we go to, um, as far as attendance goes, are not nowhere even close to the same. But imagine if we took a lot of our focus and our money and invested it into the rest of our area how much that would improve NA as a whole uh, rather than just, well, let's try to have a way better event than any of these other fools. So the next time they think about having an event, they want to do it where we're at and we don't have to drive all the way down there to do said event because they only bring in 40 people where 200 are coming to see our events, you know, something. Oh yeah, man. About. Yeah. That goes back to the, you know, the, the primary purpose talk. Are we, you know, are we talking about our group's primary purpose? Or are we talking about even getting into the the second tradition? Is that on the level of the group? Is that on the level of the area? Is that on the level of the region, the world? You know, how how, how small-sided are we going to be? You know, are we going to think, well, this is how we carry the message at our home, or how are we carrying the message for the fellowship? You know, I mean, we I got in a good discussion a couple of weeks back at a tradition study. I think we were on the second tradition, but it said when when it talks about our, how are we viewing our, like our the people in this room or our home group or, you know what I mean? It, it kind of gave me a lot of food for thought because I'm very small-minded and i can manipulate that but we're autonomous we're at the top of the food chain it's the group at the top you know what i mean but really what are we doing to <laughs> to affect the big hour i guess 
Yeah. Well, the thing I think about, you know, like when we, our primary purpose is to carry the message because that's really all we have to give. I think about that. But at the same time, when you say, hey, are you going to the fundraiser? What is the primary purpose at that point? Is it to raise the money for whatever we're trying to raise money for? Or is it carrying the message? Or do we do both at the same time? You know, it's it's such a uh, uh, a gray area. You know, it's like, hey, we need to raise some money. Let's raise some money. How can we raise this money? By having an extravagant event or, you know, or, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's such a gray area and there's no. Well, I'll just use our stories, for example. Uh, Think about what recovery might have looked like had we not been able to go to that first convention. Had you not been able to go to that fundraiser January the 1st or whatever it was for the convention, you know, our recovery would have looked tremendously different. Uh, absolutely. I'm not saying that we wouldn't have made it, but it would have been a different path for sure. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I agree 100% with you. You know, you know um, and it was a fundraiser and that's, that's what they was there to do is raise money for the, yeah. you know, um, for what we we thought that was just it doesn't get any better than this does it you yeah. know i mean this convention i mean this is you know the saturday night speaker you know blowed my socks off you know i was like oh my gosh yeah you know and that's where we start to put people on pedestal too at the same time uh, and, and it it uh it talks about it again guiding principles you know it's talking about having that lack of faith like if we are scrambling thinking we have to like raise a shit ton of money right now, like we, we already have, like we've already been looked out for this path has already been charted. We have everything we need in this moment right now. Like, do we need to possibly make plans? And are there situations where seventh tradition didn't bring it in? You do have to raise money. Absolutely. But when you don't have the patience as a group and that's when you get into being diverted by that money, property prestige and you start, it talks about cutting corners or manipulate whatever it is. You know, not old Mason tagline, trust in the process. And we're not doing that, you know, and it, now we're getting into, you know, like what Travis was even talking about. Are we carrying the message? Are we just raising money? The blurred line, you know, that's that's where tradition two ties back back in, you know, and if on an individual level, we're bringing God of our understanding in, into the group conscious and we truly trust in that second tradition, you know, and we trust that God has our group conscious. then you know, I think the right decisions are made now selfish and self-centeredness and desire for that money property and prestige can cloud that but um at some point you know it's they all tie in together for a reason i reckon no doubt yeah, they definitely tie in because we could sit here and, and bounce off <clears throat> you go to four you don't mention two and you mentioned 11 we go ahead and go with 12 yeah you know i mean we could just go on all night with this stuff you know. Oh yeah, I hope we don't just absolutely confuse the shit out of somebody. Now I'm gonna have to well, take a listen back. I'm already lost at where all we've been. Yeah, well, I think one key thing is is that everybody needs to know is that what we are sharing is just based on our experience, our opinions. It's not necessarily how NA sees it or how NA feels. It's not NA's opinion that we're sharing. So I'll tell you, like my sponsor told me. Go read the shit and get your own interpretation. Try yeah, to what's cool is, you know, at the end of this podcast, there's a phone number on there. 
call hey, us. If you if you don't agree with something that we've said on here, by all means, call us. And if you do agree with us, call us on that number and let us know, you know, what you think about it. Yeah. You know, I've been waiting for those phone calls. Mason's told me about a few of them. Yeah, we got a couple. Yeah. Um, yeah, and we'd love to hear from you too. And and look, we if we're spreading things that uh, are completely not accurate or are that are out of line, please let us know because that's not our intentions by no means. Yeah. Um, we'll see how loving and caring Mason is when you bring that up. I, I'm just playing, man. <laughs> call, call, whatever call. you do. Yeah. Call. And even if we're, even if you don't want to talk about that, call us anyway. We need to broaden our network. That's yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Just be warned that you may be sharing on the next podcast if you call. Cause might be. Yeah. It's possible. But anyways, we want to thank our guest tonight, Chase, man. Appreciate you, buddy. Thank you for doing this, especially on short notice. Um, As Travis was dragging his feet. Yeah, Travis. We're not, I'm not even, I'm going to be loving and caring. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Until we hang up. Yeah, until we hang up. <laughs> the only thing I was mad about Travis about is he had to make his coffee late, and then I walk all the way down here to this building to open the door that's locked while he's got the key in his pocket. I didn't have the key in my pocket. It was actually in the room. Yeah. I just now realized you was about halfway. I said, well, I might as well <laughs> let him walk the other half. <laughs> yeah, but okay. So if you listen to this on Saturday night when it drops and you're interested in the traditions, there is a traditions workshop that is happening in Huntsville the very next night after this episode drops. Uh, it's from two to five. And we're going to go through all the traditions. Um, if you're interested, it's on Zoom, and I will post a link to that uh, Zoom or in the address to be in person uh, on the Living Clean Podcast Facebook page. So check that out. It'll be it'll be interesting, and uh, we'd love to hear your feedback on that too. And we will be back with we don't know who yet, but. We will do Tradition 7 next week. Thank you, Chase. Thank you all. Hey, guys. Always a pleasure. Thank you for joining us on our Living Clean podcast. This is another platform that we can share our message of recovery, which is an addict, any addict, can stop using drugs, lose a desire to use, and find a new way to live. Join that no matter what club. You can contact us through text. The number is 931-306-9364.